beauty and skincare is always a hot topic around here, and today I want to tell you about a new product line I've discovered that I think you will like, Exponent Beauty. Listeners of the show will receive 20% off their purchase. More details on that in a minute. Exponent Beauty is a skincare brand with a line of activated anti-aging serums that are clinically proven to reduce fine lines and wrinkles. The beauty of Exponent Beauty is their innovative form factor. The powders are activated with a quadruple hyaluronic acid serum in their patented precision-dosed dispenser. The packaging is gorgeous, and the dispenser itself is refillable, so it has also reduced plastic waste. Exponent Beauty's line of serums can be found in med spas and spas and dermatologists' office around the country. The line is dermatologist-recommended and clinically proven to reduce those fine lines and wrinkles, and to increase brightness and radiance, and to firm skin without irritation. No more expired or underutilized products with Exponent Beauty, just high-quality skincare with ingredients that work. Go to ExponentBeauty.com and use code TELL20 for 20% off a purchase of $100 or more. That's Exponent, E-X-P-O-N-E-N-T, Beauty, B-E-A-U-T-Y.com and use code TELL20, T-E-L-L, the numbers two zero for 20% off your purchase of $100 or more. And as soon as I saw her across the room, it was like seeing an ex-boyfriend that you love so much and he was with another woman type of thing. It was that gut punch. Like, why, why does this hurt so bad? Why does this hurt so bad? And I realized I don't have any other friends. Like I stopped putting myself out there. I stopped being vulnerable with women because the woman who I loved the most outside of my own family betrayed me. I'm Laura Tremaine, and I have 10 things to tell you, and you have 10 things to tell. This show is about connection with each other and with ourselves, and the hope is that the things we talk about here will be fuel for better conversations and a personal awareness. Each episode has a prompt or a topic that I want you to take to your journal, text to a friend, or share on social media using the hashtag 10 things to tell you. This is a show about digging deeper and sharing our stuff. I'll go first. In celebration of the launch of my new book, The Life Council, 10 Friends Every Woman Needs, we are continuing my Friendship Stories series. As a reminder, last year when I was writing The Life Council, I did dozens of interviews as part of my research with people who had unique friendship stories. I'm featuring some of these stories here on the podcast to highlight all the different perspectives we can have around friendship, which is one of the main messages of the Life Council. Now, we've heard a number of uplifting stories about unique and transformative friendships, but today's episode is about an aspect of friendship that is painful and it is rarely discussed, the friendship breakup. My guest, Jerry Lynn, shares about how, when her marriage ended, There was collateral damage in the form of friendship loss as well. That friendship breakup left her without real closure, and she continues to struggle to be vulnerable in friendships. While it is certainly easier and more fun to talk about all the positive aspects of friendship, I think it's also important to discuss these harder, more painful parts. Jerry Lynn's experience is significant and unfortunately a very real part of these relationships. 
I write about friendship breakups and friendship loss in the Life Council in a chapter called The Empty Chair. The Life Council is out now and covers a wide range of friends and friendship issues. It is available in hardcover, paperback, ebook, or audiobook, read by me. Pick up The Life Council at your favorite retailer and learn more by going to thelifecouncilbook.com. I'll let my guest start by introducing herself. Hi, my name is Jerry Lynn Clifford. I live in Fredericksburg, Texas. I'm the mom of four grown children, and my husband and I enjoy living here in the Hill Country and enjoying everything about it. I love that. And I think I told you this on DM once. Did I tell you that my name, that I was supposed to be named Jerry Lynn? Yes. That is so funny. Um, That's my dad's name, actually. I mean, two two names, Jerry Lynn, and he goes by Lynn. And so they were going to name me Jerry Lynn. Okay. Very after cool. him. And then I don't know why they changed their mind last minute. And so now I'm Laura, but every time I see your name, like on Instagram or something, I just think, oh, yeah, that's funny. I'm actually named after my father's high school girlfriend, who is not my mother. <laughs> um, hey, one of the yeah. So my, my father's high school sweetheart, her name was Geraldine, but went by Jerry. And my mother's Southern, she's from Virginia. And I think she felt it was important to have, you know, the two name thing going on. And so she liked that Jerry was kind of a strong name. You know, it was the sixties and having a a male name and then softening it a little bit with the Lynn, but she was very adamant about the capital L. So it was not Geraldine, it was Jerry Lynn. And my paternal grandmother never spelled my name correctly my whole life. She passed away when I was about 22 and she never spelled my name right. It was like she was not happy with me. but I like my name. So. Oh my God. That's a funny story actually. Isn't it? But my mother is like such a strong woman. She's like, yeah, your dad had this girl before me. Who cares? I got him. <laughs> yeah. Right. Like that's kind of amazing of your mom. Actually. Yeah. Usually when Um, you're naming a baby, you stay away from any name of anyone your spouse has ever dated or, you know, that girl in high school that was mean or whatever. Not my mom. She picked the the name that was right in front of her. (laughs) Well, it's funny that you say it. I don't want to say who it is, but I actually have a family member who her high school boyfriend, her, you know, that she did not marry, went on later in life to name his child after her. So same as you're saying this. I mean, not after her, it's sort of just like the same name though, kind of like mm-hmm. you're saying, not in honor of the person. It's just like, they liked right. the name and we always kind of giggled about it, but now you're saying that that's happened in your family. <laughs> so funny. That's so funny. Okay. But I do want to talk about friendship and your story okay. actually isn't funny. It is a hard, a hard story. And I'm glad we're talking about it though, because I got a lot of submissions when I did a call for unique friendship stories, I got a lot of submissions of really good stories. You know what I mean? Like long mm-hmm. friendships or wonderful friendships or whatever. And, and those are important. I'm glad we're talking about those, but I think that more people also relate to stories that have a lot of pain points in them. Mm-hmm. And so, and we don't talk about those as often. They don't get as much press, if you will. So I do want to hear your story. So why don't you start at the very beginning with you and your friend? Okay. We moved back to the home, not my husband, my ex-husband's hometown, but the town that he'd gone to high school in. And uh, after after all four of our kids were, I don't even remember the grades. My oldest one was in fourth grade. And 
one day we went to church, the church that he had gone to, and he sees this gentleman who he had gone to high school with and had partied with and everything. And this ended up being MJ's husband. So immediately it was, they reconnected. Uh, They had just moved back to town. And so MJ and I automatically connected. She's also from the Midwest. I'm originally from South Dakota. She was from the Chicago area. So, you know, you find those Midwestern vibes or whatever. She had a son the same age as my second son and a daughter, a grade older, but the same age as my daughter. And so we automatically just started connecting and it ended up, there was four couples that ended up being really good friends. There was MJ and her husband and me and my ex-husband. And then there were these other two couples, but with the four of us couples did a lot of stuff together. And I mean, we became really fast and furious friends. We were together for a lot of things. I had, uh, we were together during, you know, 9-11, which was awful. We weren't far from New York City and we actually knew some people on the planes. Um, so that was a tragic thing that we went through and, and we even took our daughters to a play in New York to show our support. Like we got in a limo and drove down and we lived through, I had thyroid cancer and she helped my family through that. We were together all the time. Almost every Friday or Saturday night, we were at one or another's house or we would go out and we were just best of friends. And my ex-husband and I, things started to get a little rocky after his father passed away in 2005, I think that was. He really struggled with it and I, I can understand that, but it was negatively impacting our relationship and our relationship was already on, on the rock. So when you throw in something like that, it was, you know, teetering on the edge. Um, even when my relationship was at its worst, I'm a believer of not like talking trash about your spouse. Cause you know, when you start talking bad about somebody, those things start, you start to come true even more or, or whatever. So she knew I wasn't happy. She knew I was challenged, but I didn't just sit and bash him all the time. That just to me was not how I was raised. And so it shouldn't have been a surprise, but when my ex-husband and I decided to separate in, I asked for the divorce in 2008 and in 2009, it took us some time to actually part ways. And we decided we needed to sit down with our best friends and tell them that we're being civil about this. We're going to, he traveled. So I didn't even, we didn't even have the kids go back and forth between the houses. We only had two kids left in the house at that time. I would go to the house and I would stay in my old bed <laughs> while he traveled. So our kids weren't really, I'm not going to say they weren't affected by it, but we tried to, to make it minimal for them. And I could see their house through the trees. Like that's how close we lived to them. And we wanted to make sure that they understood our plan and that it shouldn't affect our relationships because my ex was friends with her husband and, and we just didn't want them to choose sides. And so we went and sat down with them. and. I don't know if I'd say they were surprised. It didn't seem like they were, were not like, oh my God, but they were like, oh, that's so sad. You know, they, they were, they were engaged in the conversation, but I didn't, I didn't feel that they were as heartbroken as she later let it to be. And then, wait, let me just stop you yeah. for a second. You only sat down with this other couple, right? Did you do it with the other, the larger friend? No, group? no, no. We decided that we wanted to let MJ and her husband know first, kind of see how that went. And when we left, we thought it went well. Like, you know what I mean? Like we were not like, oh, that was rough or anything. I mean, it was hard because we were breaking up our marriage and breaking up our family. And 
we just we didn't there was no love there anymore and i it just was not healthy it was toxic it was not good and we both understood that so again we weren't name calling or anything in front of these people so i was really shocked when she stopped replying to me via text or whatever and um, especially the nights where I was staying at the house. So it was usually Monday, Tuesday, Wednesday night or Tuesday, Wednesday, Thursday, it was usually three nights in a row. And my kids were all very active in sports and things. And so there were times when they were going to have practice or whatever, and I could have met her for a drink or we could have gone shopping or done something. And she just started ignoring me. And then I literally turned the corner in the grocery store and ran into her and was like, Hey, like you're breaking my heart. Like, I'm going through some really rough stuff right now. And I'm the one that asked for the divorce and she could not deal with that. She said that I was abandoning my family and that she couldn't be friends with a person who was abandoning anyone. I'm like, I'm, I'm not abandoning anyone. I, you can see my car from your house. I'm, I'm at our house. I'm taking care of the kids. Like, I don't understand why you think I'm abandoning them. Being in a toxic marriage is not healthy for anyone to see you could cut the tension with the knife in the house. This is not healthy for us. And she did not want to hear it. Did she say that to you? Like literally in the grocery store? Mm-hmm. Like she, she said, Jerry people. Lynn, I cannot be friends with someone who's, mm-hmm. who's leaving their marriage. Mm-hmm. I was stunned. Of course, I started to cry and crying in a public place is never a good thing. And it was a, it's a small town where, you know, got, gossip is everywhere. So being seen crying in the grocery store when people already were like, oh my God, I can't believe they're getting a divorce because we were the couple with the four perfect kids. And, you know, like we looked perfect on the outside, like most people try to try to look, but it was only because I kept my together and Mm -hmm. tried to make it not look awful for my kids. And to me, I hadn't abandoned my kids. I had stuck it out and has, had done as much as I could. But when somebody doesn't want to love you anymore, it's that's not healthy. And I deserve to be loved. And I told her that I deserve someone who loves me and, and respects me. And why would you want me to stay with somebody who doesn't? Like, that's mm-hmm. not healthy. And I said, we asked you not to choose sides. We told you we didn't want you to choose sides. And she said, well, we've chosen him. So I literally felt like, so I'm I'm feeling it again. I felt like somebody punched me in the gut. Like I didn't expect her to be like, you know, screw him. I didn't expect that either. I just needed somebody to, to listen to me or to be like, yeah, I hear you or whatever. Cause even though I asked for the divorce, I was still breaking up a marriage of over 20 years and breaking up my family. And it was hard and I needed somebody to listen or be there for me. So every once in a while, I would see her. At that point, she was not on Facebook. This was, you know, when people my age were just getting on Facebook, when it wasn't so much a college thing anymore. But the other two women in our four friendship group were already on. And I was friends with one of them. The other one, I think she hadn't accepted my friend request or didn't go on very often or or whatever. So fast forward a couple of years, I still am not speaking to these other women, like texting or saying hello, but they're liking my stuff on Facebook and vice versa. Like I don't feel the hate that I was feeling from MJ. And when I would see her around town, now her, her daughter was a year older than my daughter. And my daughter ended up going to a private prep school, her junior and senior year. 
because she was playing lacrosse and got recruited. So she wasn't at the high school anymore, mixing with her daughter and our sons that were the same age had already graduated from high school. So there wasn't a ton of times that we would run into each other, but she would literally pick her head up and turn it like a deliberate look the other way. And it broke my heart all the time. And I couldn't believe how much it affected me. It affected me almost worse than my divorce. Because Mark and I at least still talked, you know what I mean? We had children together and, and we were cordial and, and we still did holidays together. It was like, I, I understand when people are nasty, but I wasn't being nasty. I don't understand why she drew such a hard line. Now, listen, I'm trying to give her the benefit of the doubt that if she had, you know, without me knowing all the details and complications and whatever, if she had concerns that as a friend, she might say, Hey, I'm worried about your kids or, you know, whatever that you might say concerns, but why did she draw such a hard line? Like now we can never speak. It's one thing to say, I don't know. Like I, you know, like I said, I have concerns or, or mm-hmm. whatever, but it's another thing to just be like, you're dead to me. Like, I don't understand why it was like well, that. Honestly, I think so. Her husband used to brag to my ex-husband all the time that if you weren't in the same area code, that it's not cheating. And I think she knew her husband what? cheated her all the time. Oh yeah. I, he would brag. And that's one thing my ex-husband and I had, we had a really good relationship as far as like sharing things. And he told me that from the beginning. And I was really struggled with like, do I say something to her? He's like, oh, she knows. I'm like, what do you mean she knows? So one time something came up when we'd been drinking and I said, I don't know how you turn your head and look the other way. And she said, I won't break up my family. That was the only discussion we ever had. She acknowledged that she knew that he was cheating. So I think to her, this was like, almost like it could be contagious or maybe her husband will get a hint if we're around or maybe she really wanted to, to leave because her husband cheated on her. I, I don't know. Like what you it, broke the rules. You mm-hmm. know, she had decided this is how you handle marital troubles and you obviously decided a different way and she just couldn't like abide right. by that. Right. And it's, I mean, we were all Catholic, it's, it, but that was not, it wasn't like, you know, she went to mass every week and was super religious. That never, I don't think that was, it wasn't like a religion thing for her, but did she? With sunshine, outdoor activities, and so many fun things to do outside, it is impossible not to enjoy all of these good weather days up ahead. Of course, we all know that more sun and fun means more sweating, and yes, more odor. That's why I'm excited to tell you about Lumi. Lumi is the first of its kind in the full-body deodorant world and is seriously safe to use on any and every part of your body. It was created by an OBGYN who saw firsthand how regular body odor was being misdiagnosed and mistreated. I especially love that Lumi deodorant is baking soda and paraben-free. It is also pH-balanced for safe use on all areas of your body. You can choose from a variety of fresh scents like clean tangerine, lavender sage, and toasted coconut. Lumi's starter pack is perfect for new customers. It comes with a solid stick deodorant, cream tube deodorant, two free products of your choice, like a mini body wash or deodorant wipes, and free shipping. As a special offer for listeners, new customers get $5 off a Lumi starter pack with code U at lumideodorant.com. That equates to 40% off your starter pack when you visit Lumi, L-U-M-E, deodorant, D-E-O-D-O-R-A-N-T, 
com and use code U, Y-O-U. It's not every day that you find a product that you truly love and want to shout about from the rooftops. Well, friends, I have found something that I am genuinely excited to share with you today, and that is Born Shoes. Born Shoes are made with the best top quality leather with functional stitching and flexibility. They are lightweight, but they're also supportive. They are great for all casual occasions, extremely comfortable, and especially good for travel. The brand recently gifted me a pair of the Ithaca style sandals. Of course, they are beautiful. The footbed has extra foam for added comfort and with a slight heel for lift. I am positive that I could walk all over London in this pair of shoes, just like I did in my Born Sandals last summer. Born Shoes offers sandals, flats, boots, and heels in several styles and color choices. Take comfort in Born Shoes. Every season, they make high-quality shoes that feel as good as they look. With artistic touches, unparalleled craftsmanship, and exquisite materials, Born designs shoes to satisfy the demands of every lifestyle. Go to bornshoes.com for a 15% discount plus free ground shipping on all full-price shoes when you use my promo code TELL. That's born, B-O-R-N, shoes, S-H-O-E-S, dot com, and use promo code TELL, T-E-L-L, for 15% off and free shipping, available exclusively to our listeners for a limited time. Because it sounds like you also distanced besides social media likes or whatever, but you also distanced from the other friends. Was that her influence of being like, oh, we're not going to be friends with Jerry Lynn now? Yes. Yeah. Mm -hmm. That's so so hard. Yeah. I was ostracized from my friends because I made a choice for my personal mental health. And I don't want to bash my ex-husband, but like I said, he had some problems and, and there was a lot of emotional abuse going on. And it was, you know, we went to And I explained to her, we went to therapy and my therapist who all I wanted was some acknowledgement and some love. I wasn't asking for diamond rings or anything. And my therapist finally said one day, he's not willing to love you. So why are you trying so hard? And he kind of shrugged his shoulders. And it's like, when somebody says that to you, you really want me to sit and just ignore this for the rest of our lives. And especially since once the kids were leaving and when there was more time of us alone. It just, it wasn't a healthy environment at all. So I don't know why she would want me in that situation. But anyway, I ended up meeting my now current husband, very healthy relationship, love him to death, treats me like a queen. And it's like, this is how it's supposed to be. Every once in a while, those other two friends, Facebook will comment or say something to this day. I mean, this happened in 2009. So it's been a while. But in what year was it? My son graduated from high school in 2014. And we went to my husband, now husband, and I went to the graduation party. So this is five years after all of this happened. And this other couple, MJ and her husband, were at that party. And as soon as I saw her across the room, it was like seeing an ex-boyfriend that you love so much. And he was with another woman type of thing. It was that gut punch. Like, why, why does this hurt so bad? why does this hurt so bad? And I realized I don't have any other friends. Like I stopped putting myself out there. I stopped being vulnerable with women because the woman who I loved the most outside of my own family betrayed me. And Mm -hmm. I would have listened if she told me that she was judging me or like if she had given me some reasons that might've helped. But I I walked right up to her and introduced my husband to her and her husband. 
And he shook his hand. And I think she tried to go in for a very awkward hug. And we ended up sitting down and we there was, I don't know, maybe a hundred people at this graduation party. It was a huge party in this backyard. And my husband and I sat down and we were eating dinner and they came and sat across from us. And I just grabbed my husband's leg like, oh God, this is not going to go well. And she just looked up at me and she said, I've decided to forgive you. I said, what, what did I do to you that needed forgiving? And she said, you're divorced. And I said, well, I don't need your forgiveness. And she said, you seem very happy. And I just looked at her and I said, I am and I deserve it. And we got up and left and that was, that was it. But still to this day, when something happens, she's the one I want to call and I can't share anything. You know, like when my daughter got engaged, the first person I want to say is, oh my God, it'd be, you know, MJ, she got, Marissa got engaged because she was such a tomboy and never like really like liked guys. She was never gaga for, for guys in high school, like all the other girls. And I was like, this girl is never going to get married. She's just going to be solo and not, not care. Not that I really cared, but. And we used to kind of joke about the fact that she was so different than the other three girls in this group because she was more like her brother. She's got three brothers. So she was like them versus like the other girls. So she was the first person I wanted to tell. And I couldn't tell. And I know that she hears stuff because my ex-husband is still very good friends with them. So that's my story. And I will tell you that when we moved to, to Texas, I was nervous about not nervous about making like general friends like neighborhood friends but nervous that this is where we've decided to just plant our roots and be here the rest of our lives I'm 55 hope I have a good 30 years left I want a good female friend I, I what if something happens to my husband who am I going to lean on and I just I prayed about it and just decided that it, I'm not going to go looking for it I have plenty of friends I have some really good friends but there's things that I just I put that wall up like when I feel I'm going too far and I've learned in the last couple of years that I need to be vulnerable from vulnerability you grow braveness and you, so I had a cervical cancer a couple of years ago and leaned on a friend for the first time and it did not go as well as I expected it to go. My husband was falling apart with nerves and I'm fine, but I needed somebody who understood what I was going through because a guy doesn't understand you're going to have a, you know, lose your cervix or possibly have a hysterectomy. They don't understand that. So I shared with somebody and, and they got mad at me. So it was like an, another, like, I just don't understand why I can't be vulnerable with people and, and have them get angry with me. But that was about her. It was more about her. So anyways, I ended up moving here and I have met a lot of lovely women, but I'm still really scared to like open up. I mean, I, it's understandable why you're scared. Of course, you got your heart broken. And I too have been through a friendship breakup that was as devastating as any romantic breakup I'd ever gone through. It was really, you know, consuming and emotional. I wonder though, if like there's another element of, of after you've gone through it where you think, well, if I have to go through it again, I can. I mean, I, like, I remember the first time I got my heart broken, not like, not like a 
13 year old heartbroken, but like kind of a, my first kind yeah. of adult break breakup, you know, I thought that was like the worst emotional thing I've ever been through. And I'll never go through that again, but not because I won't ever put myself out there again, but because I've learned that I can get through it. I mean, even though it sucks, I'm not taking away from that. So I wonder if you could change your, and I'm not trying to, I'm not trying to therapy you here, but like, no. I wonder if you could change your mindset of like, well, if I lost an, if I had a great women friend and then it went away too, like, I'd be all right. Well, and it's true. I mean, for goodness sakes, I had an awful marriage and I ended up marrying somebody. So it's not that I'm not, a, not that I don't think that people can change or that there's not, everyone is the same. I think that the pain of being so disappointed and thinking I can do this. I can, I can leave my husband because I have some support. I have someone to lean on and you go to lean and then they pull it out from under you and you fall on your face. And part of me thinks that my ex-husband got, he got some joy out of the fact that I lost my best friend out of it and he got to keep them. There was a little bit of that, I'm sure. And I'm not saying that I haven't found friends because I have found friends. I just find when I'm just about to like share a little bit more that I hold back maybe because I'm afraid of, of being judged or that's going to be the thing they're like, okay, peace out. Jalen is just not worth it. She's too crazy about X, Y, or Z. So you're right though. If I, if I did it and lost him, then I mean, I'm a great friend. I'm a two, I'm an Enneagram two, man. Like I am a good friend. <laughs> I believe you. And I also yeah. just want to assure you that there's actually like something not right about that woman making your divorce about her. Now, listen, I, I have had lots of complicated friendships where I don't think that that best friendship means that you have to be a hundred percent unconditionally supportive of all time. Like I think the thing about honest friendship is that sometimes you have to say, I have some concerns about your decision-making here, or like I see this from a different perspective or whatever. And you maybe have to weather the fact that you see things differently, mm-hmm. but your marriage and her coming up to you later and saying, I forgive you. That's, there's something not right about the way she is. Like, I just want to say that to you so that you don't think that that's normal in any way, or that that would come up again, making someone else's divorce about you Almost to the point that years later, she thinks that there's like, forget that she needs to forgive you. I mean, that's crazy talk. It's crazy talk. Thank you. I felt, I've always felt it was a little crazy. And of course my husband's on my side and he's like, you don't need a bitch like that. And <laughs> I know, but we shared so much and, and maybe that's it too. I went through some really bad things. Like I had thyroid cancer and, and was scared for my kids. And, and she was there. And like I said, we went through nine 11 and all of those emotions and, and being scared for our kids. So maybe, maybe in talking to you about this, maybe it's like all of those things attached. And then I felt like all of that was a lie. Like all those, she wasn't supportive during all those things. Maybe I, maybe I was friends with a different person than I thought I was friends with. And, and it also was part of it is I was like, thought I had such bad judgment on who I chose to be my best friend. No, I don't think it makes all those things a lie. I mean, I don't even any more than I think that your marriage with Mark was a lie, even though it didn't work out in the end. It sounds like you got 
you had great kids. It sounds like you had some great memories in there. Mm -hmm. It didn't work out towards the end. And maybe it didn't work out for some really toxic sort of terrible reasons, but that doesn't negate the good parts. It it doesn't. And I think that that's, I think that's true with the friend too. Like if she was a really good friend with you through cancer and through some parenting stuff, she couldn't pull it together to be a good friend to you in a divorce because clearly her own marriage has some deception that she's willing to not deal with. And she expected you to not deal with the the hard stuff in your marriage. But I don't think that it means that she was a a bad person through and through all those years. (laughs) I really don't. I I hope not. I, I hope, I hope that she wasn't faking it with me and, and, our relationship was real. My decision was questioned. My, my parents didn't understand it. My, my sister didn't understand it because they were all in really good marriages, you know, and trying to explain that to my father was kind of like this. So <laughs> I told my dad when he, he didn't understand when I was dating, started dating Scott, how I could do this. And so I said to my dad, I said, you know, dad, when you go out to dinner, what, what do you always choose? If, if lobster's on the menu, that's what you choose, right? And he said, yes. I said, well, mom is your lobster. You've had mom forever. You met mom when she was 14 and you fell in love with her right away. I was married to a catfish. He was a bottom dweller. Like that. I just never had any like dipped hot dip butter or sunshine. Like now I have my lobster. So if you've always had lobster, you can't judge somebody's been eating catfish and say, oh, why do you want your lobster now? I want my lobster. So my dad, I think, got it when I explained it that way because he's been in love with my mother forever. Like, I can't even do the math at how long my parents have been together. And it's fantastic. And they have a great marriage. And then my sister married her high school sweetheart. And they are still madly in love. And so when you have never experienced a bad relationship, it's hard to imagine like, well, why would you blow that up? But here's the difference, Sherry Lynn. If your sister said to you, I don't get it. I don't totally get why you're divorcing. I don't get why you would do that to your kids or whatever it is that she said. But, and you responded, you gave her a metaphor, you tried to explain it, whatever. But then did you go on to be sisters? Like, do you have a decent relationship with your sister? I actually tested my my te- my phone with her today to make sure I, I was looking at the right place. And, and so that's the difference. That's yes, the difference. Right. You were able to have a conversation where she was like, I'm not totally sure I get this or support it or whatever, but like, I'm your sister. So we're going to just march through this. Mm-hmm. That's what a good friend can also do. It's very similar. Your MJ could have done that. She doesn't, Absolutely. I don't think that friends are required to be like, Anything you say forever and ever, you can have these hard conversations and still be friends. MJ did this whole other thing. Yes, you're right. And she totally made it about her. And and I part of me thinks that if I complained about Mark all the time, that might have made it better, but actually it wouldn't have because it would have created more negativity in my mind. You know, he's he was a good dad, he was a good provider, he just was a really crappy husband. And you know, he had a rough time and just never came out of it. So I don't know if that's why it was so shocking, but again, I, I mean, I'm going to stick with my, my theory that it freaked her out because she was stuck and she didn't have, she wasn't brave enough to get out and nobody goes into their marriage thinking it's going to be divorced for goodness sakes. That is not how 
most people do that. You know what I mean? And I believe in marriage and I believe in, you know, true love and, and all of that stuff. So it was really hard for me to do that. But when your therapist is saying, girl, go, you got to be like, okay, well, yeah, why am I staying? So what would change for you? Like what kind of friend, because it sounds like you have like acquaintances and community friends and, and whatever, what would make the difference? Like, do you just have to test the waters? Do you have to go through something hard again, which obviously you have, but like, what would make the difference for you to next time you tiptoe right up to the line of like having a bestie that you don't pull back, that you like go all the way in? No, I have a couple of friends that I probably could see being potential besties. Um, I have really good friends that I can share things with. I don't know. That's a really tough question, Laura. I don't know. Maybe if, if I just told them something that had happened in my past and see how they react to it, that, that has had some surprises in the past. Everything hasn't been roses in my life. So sharing something that's very vulnerable and seeing how they react and then yeah. act accordingly myself, I guess. Do you ever um, tell, tell newer girlfriends about what happened with MJ? My really good friend, Nancy knows, and we had conversations in the beginning of our relationship because she was the the woman that I became really close with. Like she was probably my closest, newest friend. Does that make sense? (laughs) But that was after trying to do math here. That was like five years after this went down. And I just told her that I didn't know if I believed that women could be best friends because I think sometimes there's ulterior motives and, and I have problems with trust. And, you know, she was cool with that. She had her own, you know, she's got some best friends. And, and so we're really good friends. I mean, she was just here visiting me from New England and I love her to death. And she's never done anything to make me not think that she is my best friend. You know what I mean? It's just, I, I, I am afraid of that term. Maybe that's it, is that I'm afraid of labeling someone that. So if they disappoint me, I'm like, well, there goes another best friend. And like I said, I have really good friends in the neighborhood. We've gone on trips together and done things. So I, I know I'm a good friend, but sometimes there's that saying, like, you can't carry, you can't care more than the other person, mm-hmm. you know, and that comes to work or friendships or relationships or whatever. And I tend to be that person that goes all in and then get disappointed in other people. So that could be part of it too. As I get older, I don't have time for crap. Mm-hmm. You know mm-hmm. what I mean? Like, I don't want fake relationships. I, I want real relationships. Well, I wish that for you. And it actually sounds like if you could hear yourself that you do have that available to you, you're just not like either putting the label on or going that next deeper step. You know, I hear from women a lot who are really, really lonely. They actually like don't even you know, barely even have acquaintances really. Like they don't have someone to call to go get coffee or whatever. And that's not your situation. No. And so I can see clearly that you are a good friend, that you are fun to be around, that there are people in your life coming to visit you and like all of this, you know, I wonder if maybe talking this through or just thinking about it more, even though it's been a long time would kind of just like, you could just maybe release some of this. Yeah, I think, I think I do. I think I need to release it. Cause honestly, she didn't deserve me. She doesn't deserve my friendship now. And 
the fact that she was carrying that for so long that she needed to forgive me. And I didn't do anything to her, you know, I really didn't. And if there was something else going on and she didn't have the nerve to have a conversation with me and be a grown up and instead of being passive aggressive in the aisle of the grocery store, then, you know, maybe she just didn't deserve my friendship either. And maybe it was a blessing. Well, she didn't. And I don't want to like dredge up too many old worms because she obviously went about it in absolutely the wrong way. But her coming to sit with you at the table and and she said all the wrong things, like she really misstepped it. But now that I'm thinking it through a little bit, I wonder if that was her way. That's the only way that she knows in her way to say, I miss you. I messed up. I mean, she came and sat with you at the table. I'm not saying, I'm not saying that that needs to be anything more than it was, but it's, it was her convoluted way, maybe. No. And I, so I forgave her a long time ago. I don't have, I don't have room to carry all resentment and things. So I forgave her, but I, I haven't forgotten. And having her say it like that way, again, if she had said it like what you're saying, I probably would have broke down crying and hugged her and told her I loved and missed her. But being like, I've forgiven you, just put me back on my heels. Like, girl, you have no idea what I've been through the last, you know, five years. And you're sitting over on the other side of the trees, judging me and judging my decisions. And divorce is not easy for anyone, but Mark and I did what the best that we could for our kids. I mean, the man came to my house for every holiday and my now current husband would, you know, get a beer for him. It, that's most people would be like time out. I mean, my brother and his ex-wife, there's you no, know, the world will be ending. If that ever happens, we made a conscious effort. And so even through the whole time that Mark and I were separated and then divorced and he was still their friend, I don't think that he had anything to complain about. We didn't fight no, about anything. I'm not, I'm not defending her. I'm not, she, she misstepped it a hundred ways, but she could have continued to hold her line at that graduation party. And I'm trying to see through what maybe she was actually trying to do, even though she misstepped it, you know, six ways to Sunday, she had to keep her, she's, she had too much pride to be like, I'm so sorry. I messed this up. I'm sorry. I miss you. What if she was never going to do that? It doesn't sound like that's her personality, but you know, I'm, I'm only saying this in the context of you releasing it Mm -hmm. and realizing that even though she said all the wrong words, does it help you to release it knowing that she sat down at the stupid table? <laughs> yeah. She was the first to sit down. You did, you know, like, I don't know. No, you're, no, you're 100% right. You're 100% right. And, you know, life is short. It's, it's, it needs to go. It needs to go. It needs to go. It is, it is hindering your next 30 years with wonderful girlfriends. And in the last quarter of our life, all of us, we need our friends because hard thing, health stuff happens, marriage Mm -hmm. stuff happens. Like it's, that's when we need friends the most. And so you got to release this gal so that you can like march into the friendships that are already there for you. It sounds like, and those that are waiting for you. I agree. Thank you for that. I will tell you that you were, I think it was one of your podcasts and you were talking about your 
your broken heart friendship. I had to, I was crying so hard. I had to pull over on the side of the road. I was like, Oh my gosh, Laura, that is how I feel. And I, I just wish maybe I could have a conversation with her, just like some closure. Maybe that's it. I've never had the closure where, you know, your boyfriend, you break up with them and there's bad words are said. I never got to tell her, you know, what she meant to me. I do. I will say that that is true with friendship breakups, that with romantic breakups, there's often, not always, but there's often a long pro there's like, an I miss you? There's like a, you do like 42 talks of, yeah. I mean, you, you know, of all that. And so you do get a lot of closure until you're both exhausted. And then you're just like, okay, yeah, so fine. With you. yeah, but you get kind of it all out of your system really. And mm-hmm. with girlfriends or, or with friendship breakups, there's too much pride or ego for that. Or, or I think sometimes people don't want to admit how much a friendship breakup is breaking their heart because it seems like it shouldn't be maybe as important as a romantic breakup or something like that, which is weird. I don't know why we think that way about it, but we don't do the, the ritual of uh, the breakup process with a friend. And so it does leave us feeling really bereft. We don't get our questions answered. We don't get to say, I miss you, even though we're toxic friends and can't be friends, but I still think about you, like all of that weird stuff. We don't get it. Mm -hmm. We don't get to do it. And so that makes it that much harder. I hear you fully. I'm saying it because I've lived it. You know, and I'm really jealous of women and I don't like to use the word jealous, but you know, I grew up in South Dakota and then moved to New England and, and went to two different high schools in New England. And so like, this was before there was, you know, they used to charge money to call long distance, you know? So I could, my parents were not going to let me call somebody in South Dakota. So those friendships that I had growing up, you know, ended, I'm friends with them now on Facebook. And if I go back to South Dakota, I see some of them and, and, you know, we send great notes back and forth, but those long perpetual friendships that you see, like, oh, she was my best friend in kindergarten. My, a couple of my children have really close friends. My, my son, my youngest son lives in Texas here and he had friends from that. He's been friends with since kindergarten, come out and, and spend a week here. And it was like, you know, now they're 26 years old. It's like, wow, you've had, I've known this kid forever. So I just don't have any of those. I've not had one solid friendship that I've been best friends with somebody all my life. Um, outside of my sister and my cousins who are very important to me, but so there, she kind of filled that hole, you know what mm-hmm. I mean? And not, so now that part of my life, I don't have anyone that I was really close with that stayed friends with me that I was, had relationships with when I was with Mark. So most of my friends now are people who've known me since I've been with Scott. So they don't know me as the mama for and, and all of that. So having somebody not know all of that about you is something I wish I had. Does that make sense? Yeah. I think you can mourn that, but also you're never going to have that. Right. Like, can't. Now, can't now you're past that. Yeah. <laughs> so maybe lean into your sister or your cousins who've obviously known your, your whole life, but like we can have a brief morning for a thing that we're never going to have, but then we have mm-hmm. to like keep it moving. Yeah. Because now, now the friends that you make now, and I have these friends in my life too, friends that I've made in the last like five years who I also think they didn't know me as an Oklahoma girl. They didn't know me 
you know, they weren't at my wedding. They didn't know me as a new mom even, but they know who I have fought really hard to become. So the people who know you now, they know like the best version of you. I like that. Thank you. That's true. Because I think I I loved my 40s, but I am rocking my 50s. I think they're awesome. Um, I can tell. I like it. So So I I think that uh, you're 100% right about that. I am so thankful to Jerry Lynn for her honesty and vulnerability, and I will be thinking about her story for a long time. This episode was part of my series called Friendship Stories. I conducted dozens of interviews, literally hours of audio, talking to women about their friendships as part of my research for my new book, The Life Council, 10 Friends Every Woman Needs, which is out now. The Life Council is available in your favorite form, hardcover, paperback, ebook, and audiobook, read by me, wherever you buy books. Go to thelifecouncilbook.com to learn more. You've just listened to an episode of the 10 Things to Tell You podcast. For show notes and links, go to 10thingstotellyou.com. Make sure you're following us on Facebook and Instagram at 10thingstotellyou. And you can also join our free connection group on Facebook to discuss episodes and topics. For bonus content, ad-free episodes, and monthly Zoom gatherings with me, join my Secret Stuff Patreon community by going to 10thingstotellyou.com slash secret stuff. Thanks for listening.